This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Eric Stokeby Fourth Generation, Missouri Meerschaum, and the Scandinavian Tobacco Group. We thank them for their support of this show, and we thank you for supporting them. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm John David. Hey, Bo. Good evening, man. Man, good evening to you, sir. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing well, man. Enjoying my um, my hand-carved Jacano here with the little oh, yeah. uh, luxury navy flake. Yes, and uh, man, just had a great Monday. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. So, what are you up to? Uh, man, you know, it's, uh, it's been a busy day. It's, uh, these last, this last past week in particular was a, a really busy week. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh... It's a good day, you know. I, You've been getting after it. I, I have been getting after it. I, um, you know, it just doesn't stop, man. It doesn't stop. <laughs> I, I, need, I need a vacation. <laughs> yeah, you're not. Your family isn't growing anymore, is it? No. Yet. Oh, let's hope not. Is there anything you haven't told me? Uh, <laughs> no. Let's let's hope. I not. think I did see your wife drink a glass of wine the other day. So yeah, that's always right. a good indication. <laughs> always a good indication. No, oh, the, yeah. I mean, there's just a lot going on in the uh, in the York household, and uh, man, there's a lot going and, on in the coal household. Even in the coal household, we talked a little bit before, you know, you, about the show. You know, you uh, you're 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 clan the the yorkist uh crew y'all y'all got some really nice places in uh great britain named after you and uh and, and the cole family we we got a a slaw which is which is highly recommended and uh and a nursery rhyme and which, nursery rhyme which, yeah, which we should talk which, which which has a pipe featured in it honestly and we've actually rhyme, never talked about that it, before. it honestly old king cole it honestly i mean let's be honest that about needs it. to be an episode unto itself i think i think maybe we, so. we need to do some historical research he has that. a pipe a bowl and some fiddlers would i be the fiddlers? three fiddlers I'd be one of the fiddlers. Yeah, you look like a fiddler. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. Look, I, look. I wish I could play the fiddle. I wish I could play any musical instrument. I wish I could play the fiddle. Look, we've got uh, some great, <laughs> uh, great folks. Thanks everybody who's tuning in live right now at CountrySquireRadio.com. We do it every Monday. We really appreciate you guys for tuning in live. Loving getting all the tweets in. Uh, here we are doing things up a little bit late. We got a lot of uh, yeah, a, a lot of flack as usual for uh, for uh, being. No, but we've kind of I I don't know. We've kind of transitioned this to a. Ish to a ish thing, right? right? Yeah, 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 like like people know when they're dealing with me. They the the shop op- opens at ten o'clock ish, right? Right, and it's, so in in Country Squire Radio, it, we come on. You know, you get to uh, do the um, what what do you call it? The Periscope beforehand. Yeah, we did a Periscope tonight. Uh, yeah, that's and, right. and then we so we do that. That kind of builds up. You get some tweet action back and forth, and and, and then the show starts somewhere between you know six thirty and six forty five central uh central time look man it's all part of it can, can i make mention of something that has nothing to do with pipes before we get started uh yeah you're about to i mean but i mean you know that's that's kind of why i'm here this is really sad eric uh and i'm gonna butcher this man's name eric barsfield passed away okay now this is a crucial per a crucial actor oh, into the star wars I series that is wow he, he actually and this is interesting because i didn't know this I, I knew that he portrayed admiral akbar mm-hmm um, it's a trap. But what I did not realize is that he was also Bib Fortuna, which is Jabba the Hutt's like, yeah, that's the guy with the huge tentacles wrapped around his head. That's that's that guy. Do you have an impression of that little monkey thing that sat by Jabba? <laughs> that's pretty good too. That's pretty good, right? Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty. Yeah, so he was the one with the weird colored eyes that like kind of translated, I think, yeah, for, yeah, for yeah. Job of the Hut. Is that right? Um, oh gosh. Stood next to him. I could actually back in the day I could quote that whole back and forth that he did with Luke Skywalker when Luke shows up at Jabba's palace and uses the Jedi mind to really take me to Jabba now. I'll take you to Jabba now. Like he's got that whole <laughs> Anyway, he passed away. I actually just yeah. saw that before we went live, so I gotta yeah. mention it. But uh it, we mentioned Star Wars enough on the show that I feel like we it's, do. it's worthwhile. We to, do. That's great. To mention that. But yeah. Job of the Hut, uh pipe smoker. Yeah, hookah. <laughs> I mean, do we qualify that as a pipe? Not really. 
You know, I, April Fools came and went. I even, you know, in the past yeah, we've done. Yeah, do we acknowledge that? Well, anyway? in the past we've done uh, things like to tell people we're going to rename the show. Uh, we we one year, I think we actually did this two years in a row. We said that it was going to be called uh, um, what was it? City Night Television. So C- City Night Television. City Night Television. Yeah. So the exact opposite of Country Square Radio. And, you know, it's something where like we could put out a tweet that like you know you've become a cigarette smoker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I need to go back. No, no I'm not going to do that. But I think we did say that we were going to become a cigar show, uh, dealing exclusively in Armenian theology or something of that yeah, nature. Yeah, yeah, that 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 that's got some legs. Yeah, it was funny. <laughs> uh, but I'll, I can I can find a picture of it retweeted out. But uh, yeah, well, no, we didn't do anything this year. I did not have the energy. Like I've never been more busy in my life, and it yeah. kills me because like yeah, there's so much fun you can have on April. Did you stay off the internet for April first? You know, I. I kind of do uh, anyway. I, I don't know. I just didn't do a lot of surfing that day, I guess. But um, yeah, a, a few things I saw after the fact, you know, people mm-hmm. playing these they, these videos went viral on the internet and folks doing these, uh, you know, April Fool's jokes. And like, I've kind of gotten to the point where I, I feel like, I feel like some of that's kind of cruel, you know? Like, I mean, what do, do you really want to, you know, make your wife think that you <laughs> kicked your baby off the balcony kind of yeah, thing? Like, I, I don't Oh, man. some messed like, up stuff there yeah like like how about we just you know i don't know put toothpaste in the chocolate mint or something i, I, I don't i don't know i did see somebody <laughs> make a some meme or something about how april 1st is the only day in which people consider whether like think before sharing of whether or not it's true you know the things they've yeah. done on the internet yeah yeah and, and from that standpoint maybe more days should be more like april 1st <laughs> i, I w- <laughs> It's true. <laughs> I, I will say one of our customers uh, was born on April first, April Fool's Day. Uh, he's uh, he's twenty three. Yeah. And uh, and and when his parents called all the fam- this is a true story. When his parents called all this uh, the family members to let them know, uh, no one came to the hospital. <laughs> oh man. Isn't that tragic? That's terrible. It's so awful. And they still have issues to this day. And they still, to this day, it's like, well, I'm, I'm here. <laughs> Poor guy. Man, this is our first episode in April. You mean this April? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, not yeah. April, period. But no, no, no. no. Yeah, this is our, first, our ep- first episode for April 2016. Well, I, it's it means something because at the end of April, we're uh, vacating this uh, city and state and going up to Chicago. Yeah, man, that's right. Chicago Pipe Show, baby. It's coming up soon. It's going to be a lot of fun, guys. We're really excited for it. So uh, if you have not yet gotten your your ticket uh, why what, what's wrong with you get, get on that um we've, got, we've already gotten some great response from folks uh messaging mm-hmm. on facebook and tweeting in saying they want to meet up so guys we're really looking forward to meeting you um we will have a presence there it'll be a presence on which you'll be able to find us yeah um and actually i was uh actually getting some pointers earlier today from brian levine yeah good friend from uh, pipes magazine yeah uh you know just kind of pointing out from his experience just some different thoughts on on how best to, to go around gathering audio which i'm really looking forward to but can i tell you something about brian levine yeah. I, I don't know. You know, Brian, we like Brian. There's lots to say about Brian. There's lots to say about Brian. We we, we, <laughs> we like Brian a lot. He's a good friend. A couple episodes back, we, we made uh, we, we made some jokes about possibly busting into his room. And I don't remember the context, but we said we'd possibly go into his room and like shower it with roses. Yeah, I, I think we were talking. There there was some there, there was some jest going on. But the, the concept of, you know, breaking to his room and kind of, you know, doing some insulting things or something i don't know well brian but there there may have been roses involved and i you know i don't know where it went (laughs) but this is kind of taking a life of its own right brian you know he went on his uh his wonderful show the the pipes magazine radio and uh and you know he made some comments man he said of course we could we'd be able to bust into his room we're short enough to sneak under the door (laughs) uh and then he proceeded if only it weren't true he proceeded ladies and gentlemen to say that uh you know he warned me specifically because the last time a york had anything to do with any kind of 
uh, attack dealing in, in roses. Right. It did not turn out very it well. It didn't turn out too well. Now, I got to tell you. It's pretty quick, but I got to tell you. You got you got to be honest. No, that was good. That yeah. was good. That, you, that was that was mm, solid. You got you got to give it to him for that one. But anyway, so, uh, so yes, now now I don't know, man. We I, I don't know. Do, do I retweet this uh, this photo that he better, sent in? I think I already retweeted uh, of, it. Of a, of, a, of a, like, king-size bed <laughs> with lots and lots of candles and red roses, like, on, on top of it. I, was, I don't know. Was that what we were? I don't know that that was what we were I, I don't think we were going for that. But as soon as it came out of your mouth, I was like, you know, as, you know what we should do? I bet we could probably call the hotel, find out where he's staying, tell him, no, 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 you don't understand. This is a honeymoon situation. Just, <laughs> Y'all go crazy. <laughs> And then we'll send him the bill for it. We will. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow I don't think he'd pay it. No, but you never know. So. Yeah, you no. never know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, man. We're, we're looking forward to it. Brian, of course, will be there. We'll be there. Chicago, yeah. if you're not going to be there, you absolutely should. April 30th and May 1st. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I'm so I'm so stoked for it. It's going to be a great time. Uh, you know, we also mentioned uh, last week that we've been gathering up some information from you guys in terms of where everybody's from. If you haven't gone over to the, uh, the Country Squire Radio Facebook page and sounded off letting people know where you're from, you need to do that. But more importantly, Importantly, yeah. I would encourage you to actually comb through the list of names that are already there. It's now, pretty amazing. Put your name on there as well because we want to yeah. make sure that people can kind of connect with each other. Yeah. But find other folks from your locale. We've got people from all around. I think I think at this point we've touched every single one of the 50 states in these United States. We've got other countries on there. I mean, it's 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 kind of crazy. It's guys, been a so. lot of fun to see people connect, you know, folks and you know, listeners and pipe enthusiasts in the same locale that you didn't even know. Uh, didn't even know we're there. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been great. It's going to be a good one. Guys, we've got a great show for you planned tonight. Um, and, uh, and it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be talking about beginner's guide, uh, to carving pipes and how to kind of jump into that. But first, we've got something huge to share with yeah, you. Yeah. I'm so excited, man. You've been, you've been in the tobacco industry for quite some time. Yeah. And, uh, and we've been podcasting about pipes and pipe tobacco for quite some time. And, uh, you know, never in my wildest dreams would I be telling you that I think we would be telling you that we've got the sponsor that we've got we've got for you guys tonight. That's pretty great. We've got a new sponsor for this episode here at the uh, the top of the episode. Really excited about this, guys. Eric Stokeby, fourth generation. That's right, man. That's right. We're so happy to have him on board. And, um, of course, Eric, uh, being a Stokeby comes from such a heritage in the tobacco it's industry. Huge. Uh, you know, just fine Danish tobaccos going back literally generations and, uh, you know, just a whole bevy of products that, you know, we're obviously proud, proud to support and get behind and um yeah so uh yeah we're really really happy to have eric and the fourth generation on board can i kind of tell you because you mentioned this and this is true but they are the the family has had such an impact on the industry yeah that as a beginner coming into it you keep on seeing stokeby pop up here and there and you think man it's it's is Stoke be like the Smith of the pipe industry? Yeah. But no, 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 no. This is a legacy. This is actually a lineage. And in fact, our fourth generation tobacconist is all about that. Uh, tonight, we actually want to tell you about some products he's got going on right now that we really encourage you to go check out. And that's part of the 1855 series. I, I call this like a Danish billiard. You know, some people might call it an egg, but it's a it's a bent pipe um, that has just a real generous bowl on it. Uh, think of think of a, a Danish twist on a classic billiard shape that's that's got a deep bend on it. And it's a gorgeous pipe. They're yeah. all handcrafted with just this extremely fine briar from Denmark. Uh, every single one of those pipes comes with their own leather pouch, which is really cool. They all come in four different styles. Yeah. And I, I, how would you describe those different styles? Yeah, you've got a dark porter, a mature orange finish, a vintage natural finish, and a burnt sienna. Uh, and it's just a nice variety. They each kind of stand out in their own way. Uh, the 
the the nice thing about particularly the um, the dark porter is the the ring grain that gets exposed from the sandblasting it goes under, uh, and also Eric has done some contrast stain on some mm-hmm. of these pipes mm-hmm. as well, so you get some uh, real nice uh, you know kind of darker undertones with just a lighter lighter color finish on top on the uh, on the smooth finish. Yeah, gorgeous products, and the great thing is about Eric Stoke could be fourth generation that not only are they building out or not only has he handcrafted these these unique pipes to represent uh, that, that year 1855 but he also has a blend to go right along with it it's a ready rub blend with exceptional mature Virginia tobaccos characteristics of natural sweet Virginia taste and a pleasant aroma and so the great thing is that when you pick up one of these handcrafted beautiful pipes yeah. you got the tobacco right there along with it so be sure to check them out the fourth generation uh, our fourth gen tobacco.com we'll have a link to it directly in the show notes yeah. as well as some images that we'll be sharing out on Facebook book uh, this week. I mean, these pipes are, they're gorgeous. They're really pretty. Yeah. Yeah. What a great sponsor to have in terms of somebody who's handcrafting pipes to jump into this particular topic. Absolutely. Yeah. We're talking about if you out there and many of you have thought about possibly carving your own pipes, you know, not all of us are connected with large manufacturing companies, nor are all of us, you know, particularly all that handy. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that's right. I, I have, you know, trouble putting together something from Ikea. Um, that, now that's a whole nother problem. That, that, that is, that yeah. is, uh, but, but yeah, you know, a lot of folks, uh, are interested in, you know, pipe smoking that are interested in pipe smoking have kind of, uh, determined that it's almost another rite of passage to make their own pipe. This is something that uh, a lot of folks at some point during their pipe, uh, you know, kind of, uh, experience want to, uh, want to go through it, you know, the process of making their own. So we thought we'd have an episode on, uh, pipe carving for beginners, just kind of a, you know, a general, like I, how I always like to say, a 30,000-foot view of, uh, you know, that yes, sir. that kind of, um, you know, just what, what does pipe carving for beginners look like? Is it something that, uh, you know, you can take up or, you know, how might you even go about that? What are your options? And, uh, you know, for and, and particularly from two people like you and I that uh, I, I don't think I will offend you by saying this, but, you know, we, sometimes we even wonder what end of the hammer to use. <laughs> you know, I. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. occasionally, <laughs> you yeah. know, I, I think, uh, you know, it, it might be good just to kind of uh, take it from a step back and uh, and, and kind of have a one on one. You know, what I found is interesting, and we, we even covered this a little bit back in our pipe culture series on craftsmanship, but there is actually a good percentage of pipe smokers out there who come to this specifically with the intention of carving their own pipe. That's right. And that they want that to be their first ever pipe. That's right. We get that a lot. And yeah. folks will, uh, new, new smokers that, that, like you said, haven't even smoked before, uh, will come in the shop and they'll be like, I want to make my own pipe. And I think because of that, I'm going to try pipe smoking. <laughs> it's kind of this interesting backwards thing. You know, it's not like I want to try pipe smoking, but but the the um, romanticism of carving their own smoking instrument like that's the, the work of art. That's kind of the first thing that comes into play. And then the the um, you know, the smoking of the pipe actually comes later and uh, they get more into it. But um, but yeah, uh, you know, so you kind of got this uh, this interesting uh, thing that you can pursue. Um, I've never done it. I've never, you know, you've never done it either. I mean, you you know, (laughs) yes and no. So I've never really officially done it, uh, with anything other than a corn cob. Okay. But I have messed around with a corn cob and I did hollow it out and I did carve out a bowl and then carve it out. I just, I never actually used it. Where'd you get your corn cob? Well, I ate ate corn. Um, Uh, right. And when you're done, you got a corn cob. Okay. So it's just like, I guess what I'm saying, like you didn't, no special corn cob. You just it like just dried you, out. No, no, you no. went to the Piggly Wiggly and got some corn cobs, your corn, and then like you know ate it or whatever, and then that and then that was your cob. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. it, 
I, let's go with that because the truth is more <laughs> disgusting than that. Uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, that's fair. That's I was inspired. I'll put it this way: I was inspired by watching somebody else do those at Celtic Fest. Yeah, uh, one year. Yeah, and they we were you know the Celtic Fest actually occurs here at our agricultural museum. So somebody found a leftover corn cob that was like leftover from the like the horses eating it. Oh, you know that's what I mean? Foul. And it's just left there in the belt. <laughs> and they just picked it up because it was already naturally dried out and started you know carving right into it. Yeah. So yeah, I'll just say that was the inspiration for what I did. Let's Man. move on. That, okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, I think having kind of gone there, I think the the first thing is you know if you're thinking about carving a pipe, you want to kind of pick your medium. Uh, you know, are you going to go with a briar pipe or generally a wooden pipe, or do you want to use uh, you know some type of corn cob? Uh, you know, corn cobs are are different. A lot of uh, a lot of the cobs are going to be too small to make a pipe out of, uh, and so you kind of have to be careful on that. Um, you know, and I, I believe if I'm correct, Missouri Meerschaum, our friends there, good friends of the show, uh, they actually have a certain strain of corn mm-hmm. that they use to make make the cobs. And so, you know, you you may find something very particular that you want to do, or uh, or just you know take your random uh, you know piggly wiggly ear of corn and uh, and and see where luck takes you. Here the pig takes you. You're like one street over from a competitor of Piggly Wiggly, and yet you mentioned Piggly Wiggly twice on this. No one knows what McDade's is. Okay, fair it's enough. Piggly Wiggly. It gives all me an right, excuse right. to say Piggly Wiggly on <laughs> on international radio. Like why? Why would I not? Uh, all right, fair enough. Fair I have enough. A, I have a T-shirt that on the front of it, it's the head of a pig, and it says Piggly. And on the back of it, it's got the little tail of the pig. Did Warner Brothers ever sue them for likeness rights? And it says Wiggly. I always wonder about that. <laughs> We're getting way off topic. Yeah, okay. So <laughs> choose your medium. Um, you know, for the sake of this show, we're going to stick with Briar uh, in general. And, and you know, the fun part here, obviously, is for the people like you and me, Bo, uh, that just, you know, don't use tools on a real regular basis. The, the, the industry has kind of made it an easy place to start. And yes. that is with a uh, pre-drilled hobby block. And so you've got these, they call them hobby blocks. And uh, typically they'll, you know, it's briar, they'll say like Italian briar. And, uh, you know, they may cost anywhere from 25 to $40, just depending on the size of the block and all these things. But imagine uh, if you can visualize in your head a chunk of a chunk of wood um, that, that's briar and it's already pre-drilled. Okay. So the uh, chamber of the pipe where you put the tobacco and the uh, airway and mortise of the pipe where the stem plugs in are already drilled. And then typically these pipes come with a uh, pre-fit stem that already fits that, 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 you know, drilling. Yeah. If you're um, holding a pipe, I mean, it's, it's the pipe that you've got, except it's a big giant cube. Yeah, that's with, right. With the, you know, the vulcanite stem sticking out. It, it's already, it's already drilled and ready to go. So, uh, and, and what's fascinating is that that pipe from day one, as soon as you purchase that pipe, uh, is functional. Uh, that's a already functional yeah. pipe. And we have actually had people that have bought hobby blocks uh, here at the Country Squire. Mm-hmm. You know, they might pay, you know, 30 bucks for one or whatever, but uh, but then they don't do anything with it. They just they just smoke it as a uh, as a chunk. Yeah, when you and, say and functional, you, I mean, like... It's you a could, functional pipe. You could put tobacco in it and light it on fire, but you can't right. really hold that thing with any comfort no, level. No, I didn't say anything about comfort level, uh, but I mean, right, this, right. yeah, but it is, a, it is a functional pipe. And so uh, hobby blocks are really popular for folks that just want to... Um, you know, kind of dabble in it, particularly for folks that don't have a lot of tools. And and I would really, you know, if you're not someone that's got a shop or real uh, familiar with uh, using, you know, different tools, this is probably the place for you to start. Um, they're not particularly expensive, although, you know, when you think of briar uh, for a block of wood that's been drilled a couple times, like, mm-hmm. you know, 30, you know, 25, 30, 40 bucks. I mean, that's that's not cheap for a block of wood, but you got to think that, you know, briar, this is a this is a the root of a tree 
that is not even worth harvesting until the tree is about about 50, almost 50 years old. Yeah. And so, you know, the, just the time that goes into that, the scarcity, and we've talked on the show before about the um, the difficulty of harvesting briars. So it's, it's a relatively expensive wood. Um, but anyway, you know, you get this block. It's already pre-drilled, and, and, and you've got the options of, you know, taking it to, uh, you know, the finest tools that anyone can have all the way to pulling out your pocket knife and just kind of going to town, just kind of going to town on yeah. it. Yeah. And so, and we've had a lot of both, uh, on, on both of those. So wasn't it, uh, was it, oh gosh, Jason, is that who I'm thinking of? Yeah. Who? Jason, uh, Yarbrough, our friend here in Jackson. Yeah. He actually, I remember he, I watching him with this pipe because the first time I ever saw one of these blocks was him specifically. And yeah. He would bring it into the shop. He'd be smoking his pipe, but at the same time, he would be slowly working on that thing. That's right. And I, I, I want to say he had a few tools, but it was nothing. I don't want to. I don't want to bash his set or anything. No, no, no. I mean, we're we're talking, you know, pretty fundamental stuff here, like like a chisel and you know, yeah, maybe a couple hammers and you know, some knives. Like he he may have had. I think he had some sandpaper that he used. But it was really cool um, because he essentially it almost looked like a Fabergé egg when it was all said and done. Although it had a yeah. bit of a spiral thing going around it. Yeah. But it was really chunky. Um, which is not a bad thing. I mean, that's what he was going for. That's right. But one of the things I thought about if I was to ever pick one up is I'd probably go the same route just because, man, it would take a lot of work to get all the way down. <laughs> and I'd almost be concerned that I'd go a little bit too far. You know what I mean? Because that's if you, right. If you yeah. cut too deep in with those grooves as you get closer to the bowl. Right. That's or a, the airway for that yeah, matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you've, you've ruined it. In some everything. sense, there's not a lot of room for error. But, yeah. but you know, with the hobby block, the, the blocks are so big that you're kind of, you're granted enough license to, you know, dig in a little bit if you want to. And I, I love this because even now we've got folks that are tweeting in pictures of uh, hobby blocks and of briar blocks that they've they've worked on themselves. And um, so that, that's pretty great. There, there's a series of steps, you know, that you want to, kind of follow it when you're when you're doing a pipe and so uh, you know we'll, we'll just kind of again take this from a you know elevated view uh, with broad brush strokes but um, typically you know whether you're whether you bought a block of briar uh, just like it is like you know just a literally a chunk of briar or you bought a hobby block um, you know probably one of the first things you want to do is um is sketch the image of the pipe you're kind of envisioning on the side of it. Right. Yeah. 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 And so uh you know a lot of a lot of times people will just dive into a block of briar and um you know follow the grain you know and and, and you can kind of uh, take a little wet cloth and kind of kind of wipe the side of the briar to see kind of where the grain is going and of course as you get into the briar if it's a real thick piece like it you know it's going to change as you kind of dive into this piece of wood but um you know but that'll just kind of give you an idea. Uh, of, of what the grain might do. And then as you take your uh, pencil drawing on the side of this, you know, briar, you can kind of kind of get an idea of what the shape might look like. That's so wild to me because you see pictures of, of these pipe carvers, especially on Facebook and yeah. Instagram that yeah. will, you know, take pictures along the way. And, and, you know, a lot of these guys at this point are, are, you know, they've got this custom briar or wherever they're getting it. Yeah. But they'll draw on there. And they guess at their level, they're drawing in Sharpie instead of pencil. Or maybe they're just drawing in Sharpie so that they can actually, you know, show the picture and it'll pop up and, and pop on Facebook and Instagram. But I, I'm always baffled by the fact that that works for people to actually visualize. And it, it is such a great kind of almost cheat in order to, to visualize what you're trying to do. Yeah. I, I you know, to, to quote uh, <laughs> to quote Doc Brown, I don't think I could think fourth dimensionally, Mike. You know, like I, <laughs> it's hard for me to imagine how drawing on the square will help me visualize what the three-dimensional shape should be. Yeah. You yeah. know, it, it just baffles me. Well, and, and and part of it, too, is not just visualizing the shape, but also when you're preparing to drill the pipe. You know, if you've got a, a block of briar that isn't pre-drilled and you want to 
uh, you know, you're getting ready to line up the, the airway with the, you know, smoking chamber and all those things. Like, you kind of need to know, well, you really need to know kind of where those, uh, you know, two passageways are going to meet. And so you've got to, you know, it's more than guesswork. You mm. have to do a little geometry there, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of fun. So, by the way, if, if you are interested uh, in not just getting a hobby block, but also uh, getting, you know, a, a block of briar that you could even drill uh, completely 100 yourself. Um, a couple of, um, of our uh, good friends recommend uh, Vermont Freehand, uh, which is a really well-known uh, pipe carver, uh, you know, kind of supply house. You can find them online. Uh, I think it, it might just be vermontfreehand.org uh, or .com, rather. Uh, you've also got the Pipe Makers Emporium. Um, and, and both of these sites are just really well-known places for uh, anything from not just blocks of briar, but uh, all the drill bits that you might need, uh, buffing wheels, uh, carnuba, you know, wax compounds. And, I'm sorry, car what now? Uh, carnuba, carnuba wax, which we'll actually get to that later uh, in the process. But, um, you know, th- these are different products that you might, you know, the more you get into making pipes, you would kind of need. And uh, you- you've got clearing houses like this online that huh. uh, can supply all that stuff. So, But after you got the shape kind of roughed out uh, as far as, uh, you know, as far as drawing on the side, then, you know, if you've got the tools available, what you'll want to do is kind of start removing uh, large pieces of material around your general shape. Um, you know, some people will take like a bandsaw to do this or, um, you know, if, if you don't have those kind of things, it's going to take a lot of sanding or a lot of chiseling or something like that. Could but, you imagine um, sanding one of those things down all the way? Yeah. I mean, and, and people do it, you know. Yeah, it, 20 years later, I'm sure it's a great smoke. Yeah. We had someone just tweet in, you know, they were like, it, you know, I, I tried the hobby block one time and it yeah. gave him a real, a real incredible appreciation for, <laughs> uh, you know, for artisan pipe makers. Right, and you right. got to understand what they're doing here. And and also all the investing they've made in, in legitimate equipment to make this happen. Because, you know, if you're cranking out a bunch of pipe, like you're not going to sit there, and, uh, you know, with your chisel and your, you know, uh, you know, whatever, you, you know, your hand sandpaper. But but anyway, so you've got got the option of, you know, kind of uh, removing large amounts of material around kind of the, the shape that you've drawn out, you know, and, and at that point, you're, you know, you're ready to start drilling. And so uh, you can kind of drill the, uh, you know, the air draft, the, the you know, smoke draft that um, obviously goes into the stem of the pipe. Um, this is going to, you know, th- this is, you know, this and meeting up where the bowl is. And again, I've never done this before. We're just taking this from broad brushstrokes and from talking to people that have done this before and, and are regulars at doing it. Uh, this is, again, the, the purpose of this discussion is kind of uh, just to give a new pipe smoker that might be interested in trying to carve their own pipe, like a basis from which to go. Entry level overview. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you'll take your block of briar. You've got your pipe drawn out. You've removed some material around. Around, uh, the general shape and uh, and you kind of rough your shape out you want your shape to you know start be ta- you know taking form uh, a lot of folks will use uh, you know uh, belt sanders and some of these kind of things to, to remove a lot of that material uh, but then you'll take a, a drill bit and actually go into the end the shank of the pipe and that'll start making your air draft way huh. uh, that, that goes all the way down the, the the key here is not going too far right uh, because you can puncture through the other side of what's going to become your chamber uh, and and then that'll you know kind of ruin uh, you know the the pipe so um, uh, what a lot of folks do is they will actually mark they'll measure uh, how far on the outside of the block that it's going to take to get the drill to go from the end of the block all the way to the bowl 
and then they'll mark on their um on the actual drill bit. They'll mark on the drill bit itself. Oh, like a like a line. Like Lines so that you can see when it's gone. That means you've gone too far. That's that's exactly right. So you kind of have a guide to know like when to when to stop there. So uh you know getting that set and then also um you know taking a uh you know a, a drill bit and you know whether you do it on a press or um uh, you know lathe or whatever. But then going down and making the uh, the whole, you know, the air, the chamber of the pipe, uh, meat. That's that's really complicated, but that's you know, kind of the kind of the art of it, right? Yeah, man. And if you get it right, you're like, man, that's incredible. It really does give you an appreciation for these artisan pipe makers that consistently crank out perfect pipes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is crazy because I mean, I would think that that would be one of the easier things, but you're right. In order to line it up appropriately, if you want a good smoke, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and it yeah, is yeah. really important. Absolutely. Um, uh, you know, another thing to keep in mind is. Uh, not just are you dra- drilling the air, the draft hole, but you're also drilling the the mortise. I love the word mortise because it, it sounds like tortoise. It sounds like morta and tortoise. I'm going to buy a tortoise and name it mortise. I would like a mortise, morta pipe and that is in the shape of a tortoise. That has a large mortise. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, you, you know, you've got this mortise hole that you have to, have to drill as well. And the mortise is, uh, it, it, think of it, you know, as a... Uh, the the part of the you know shank where the tenon is going to plug in to the to the shank there. So you've got your you know your a larger mortise hole, and then from that you've got your uh, air air passageway, the draft hole that goes on into the uh, into the into the pipe. So um, you know, and and typically if you're going to start out making pipes, you'll probably get a pre mold stem, something that's already. Uh, been you know molded for you a lot of you know artisan pipe carvers they're going to take a piece of delrin uh, which is you know what a lot of high-end pipes now uses as their tenons and they'll turn the mortise to you know match that rod of delrin um, and and then they'll insert the delrin into a you know a stem of some other media whether it be you know um, you know ebonite or acrylic or lucite or whatever so uh, but anyway, that's just kind of a, you know, broad brushstroke thing on there again. Um, drilling the chamber, um, you know, the, the problem with this for the hobbyist is that uh, a lot of folks use specialized bits for this now. And so, you know, if you are going to get a block of briar where you, you are going to want to drill the chamber, um, you know, if you want it to have a, a nice tapered clean bottom, something that you would find uh, just in a regular pipe bowl, uh, you're probably going to have to go again to one of these supply houses to get a uh, to get a specially made bit for uh, drilling pipes, and they're available. The most common uh, that you'll see is a three quarter uh, chamber, but uh, a drill. But sometimes you'll see a seven eighths and one inch, and uh, a bunch a bunch of different sizes. Huh. So yeah, and that's again all personal preference. But you know, a- after that, you can kind of you know continue. Uh, sanding and shaping your pipe. Uh, what a lot of folks uh, don't realize the importance of picking the right stain as well. Yeah, I was going to ask you about this because yeah. do, do you just can you just use any stain, or because you're going to be lighting this thing on fire, does that impact your decision? Yeah, not not just that, but you're also uh, you know just regularly touching it with really greasy, oily oh, hands. You yeah, know? Yeah. And, and and because of the heat, and also if any moisture gets on it, uh, it just makes it com- com- complicated for you know it in just any old stain. So. The best uh, option is to use leather dye, and a lot of folks will use, uh, really? you know, a certain brand of leather dye. Huh. Uh, but these are commonly available online. Again, check out some of these, uh, you know, pipe uh, maker, uh, you know, supply places that we've suggested. But uh, this leather dye for staining pipes is particularly potent, and it, it soaks in and it, it hardens really well, and it dries actually pretty quickly. Yeah. And, and so a lot of folks will let it sit, you know, a little longer to kind of, you know, make sure it gets deep in there. 
Um, some folks too, if you want to do like a contrast stain, you could take like a really dark dye and put it on there, uh, and, and, you know, let that soak in some of those deep grains and then sand all the top layer off. Oh yeah. And and then you'll put that light stain on the top of that. So you kind of have a couple, you know, just so you get a nice contrast there. Um, again, all this is kind of personal preference and these are just broad brushstrokes again. But, uh, you know, once you get it, get it going like that, you kind of get your pipe, you know, set, and then it's uh, ready to be buffed and polished up and uh, and 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 good to go. Dude, this is making me want to carve my own pipe. You should, man. Yeah, well, but I like I'm terrible at, at, at trying I, to carve the stuff. I, you know, I, I would like to think I'm relatively good at what you put inside the pipe, but yeah, right, but right. I, I, I'd be so humiliated by by anything that I produced <laughs> <laughs> uh, as far as a smoking instrument that uh, I, I'm probably just going to stick to tobacco. Uh, you know, oh gosh, it, there's something to be said though about the. You know, you've gotten into this, uh, you know, hobby that's already got a yeah. lot of uh, lore and history about it. There's this uh, romantic element to it, and you know, you've kind of got this. Um, uh, the the product is and the and the usage is very intimate with the you know with the smoker and all these kind of things. And there's something to be said about actually making your own pipe, which you then regularly use. I mean, that's a there's a there's a real powerful yeah, connection. You, you there. feel there's a, there's there's a certain sense of satisfaction that one would only yeah. assume exists in that in that scenario. <laughs> I've just I know too many woodworkers missing fingers, <laughs> and and I'm, I mean there's a lot that obviously aren't, but I would be one of those guys. You know what right. I mean? Like it's important to know your strengths, and it's also important to know your weaknesses, especially when it comes to uh, how did, carving. How things. did Bo lose a finger with a chisel? Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd find a way. That's like, like kind of a James Bond movie. It's like life finds a way, Bo finds a way when it comes to that. Man, good stuff. Yeah, those are just like like we said, general broad brushstrokes. You've got to think about uh, you know what medium you want to use. Um, you know, uh, are, are you going to go with a pre-drilled block or, uh, you know, get a uh, block that's already, uh, you know, that's, that's not been drilled at all? Uh, there are different qualities of those blocks as well. So do you want to, you know, practice on something that's maybe cheaper and then kind of move up from there? Um, and, and then, you know, you'll talk about, you know, kind of uh, sketching out your pipe. Uh, sketching out where the where the drills are going to go, uh, procuring any kind of uh, special drill bits or anything that you might need for that, and then uh, and then rocking and rolling from there. Whether it be uh, you know drilling out uh, the specific parts, uh, you know sanding it down, making sure it's the, got the shape that you want, and um, you know applying the stain, and then uh, and then and then polishing and buffing. You know, one way or the other, dive, diving in head first will definitely give you an appreciation for the folks that uh, that crank out these pipes. That make a high-end pipe. Man, yeah. and it's incredible. You know, even, you know, as I mentioned from the get-go, the, the the first and only time I've ever kind of experimented with carving my own pipe was a was a corncob pipe. Yeah, that's and right. I, I tell you, and it's not just because it was my first time. You know, most corncob pipes, you look at them and you can tell, okay, that's a corncob pipe. Yeah. But to see a corncob pipe with a significant amount of quality, when you see that, you already know it's going to be a Missouri Meerschaum pipe. Absolutely. You know, Missouri Meerschaum, we've been talking about him for the last couple of episodes, uh, the Legend Pipe, which is just absolutely gorgeous, nice medium-sized bowl, uh, beautiful look to it. All of the pipes from Missouri Meerschaum have that level of polish that goes... You would not even believe, like, that's the thing. Like, if, if you go and you peruse the pipes they have, you would not yeah. even believe that you could get that shape from a corncob pipe. From a corncob pipe. There's just, they, man, they've got some secret sauce over there. <laughs> it's really, really great. Even the finish on the outside of the bowl and, uh, and, and how they make the plug-in part of the stem that goes into the chamber there, uh, it's just all finished really nicely. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially with the amber uh, acrylic that kind of uh, goes off the end of the pipe. It uh, just makes a nice statement. We've been getting a lot of great uh, images in of you guys uh, sharing your legend pipe, if you You've got one. Uh, if you don't, go ahead and buy one and get it in so you can uh, take a picture of it, send it in. We'll retweet those out. So we love Missouri Meerschaum for helping sp- sponsor the show and making this episode happen for you guys. 
Bagpipe Question of the Week. Bagpipe Question of the Week this week comes in from somebody near and dear to the show. Me. Look at that. Yeah, I got a question. Oh, fantastic. Absolutely, man. We got the Chicago Pipe Show coming up. Yeah, we sure do. Here's my question for you. And I mean, this is this is kind of a question that I, I ask you not as somebody who goes to pipe shows often, because, you know, honestly, we haven't gone to that many pipe shows. We haven't. Yeah. This will be our first time going to Chicago, which is the big one. Um, but my question is more from somebody who understands the industry and also sells pipes on a regular basis. Sure. I know that when I go to Chicago, I'm going to be dropping some money. The question is, how much money, <laughs> like <laughs> how, what, how much should I say, okay, I need X amount of dollars, but I shouldn't go past X amount of dollars. Yeah, t- take whatever both those amounts are and and give them like an exponent of three or four. Right. And and then I think you'll be set. Yeah, th- this is the problem with going to pipe shows, right? Like, and we experienced this some in New Orleans. Oh, tremendously. You know, obviously, Chicago is going to be just, uh, you know, multipliers of that. But, uh, you know, you, you're going to be, you, you might go into it saying, I'm going to buy one pipe or I'll find one piece that I like or, or I'm not going to buy anything, which is just straight up foolish. But, you know, you, you're going from zero to 90 in a very uh, short amount of time. And if you're at a pipe show, you're obviously someone that has a lot of uh, enthusiasm about it. And you're going to find carvers that you connect with. So you'll find beautiful pipes that you want, but also people, real people that you want to support. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so I, I think there's something to be said for that. So, um, yeah, I, all I can say, man, is budget generously. Like I, I went into New Orleans um, and, and was very proud of myself. I only walked away with a couple things, but um, but you know they were uh, things that I didn't expect to necessarily find. You're big on the impulse buy, yeah. When when you see it and yeah. it looks hot, you gotta have it. Yeah, I, I, I kind of I get a little itch, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I'm 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 pretty good about not doing that too much unless I've been uh, drinking a little bit. <laughs> uh, but that being said, I, I will say going in, I do have one yeah. pipe in mind. You know, I, I've, I think I've said this before, but I want I want a Meerschaum pipe. And I want a white rose meerschaum pipe. Yeah. Uh, and you know, you see them pop up from here and there, but I, I need to see it. And I've seen different shapes. And none see of them it have hold really, it and all that. Thing is, it doesn't even have to be a meerschaum. If, if there's like yeah. a briar that's like a white rose and I feel like a connection to it. Anyway, my goal is to kind of peruse and yeah. see if I can find a white rose pipe or something yeah. that I can kind of connect with there. And, and my guess is you'll find many other things that you also connect with. Right, but. <laughs> right. But so with that, like, so for, for something like that, a meerschaum pipe, probably going to be a high end. Yeah. Yeah, how much money to set aside? Well, and and for Meerschaum, you know, if you're, if are you're, my kids going to college? If that's you're what good, I'm at, no, okay. n- none of them are anyway. But that's for <laughs> right, other reasons. Right, right. No, I, <laughs> no, I mean, I think you know, with Meerschaum anyway, if you want a decent Meerschaum pipe, um, you're going to be spending at least 150 dollars, right? Oh, just, yeah, yeah, just for a decent Meerschaum pipe nowadays. People uh, come in, and you know, at the Squire, we don't sell low end Meerschaum pipes. You can go to the, uh, you know, little uh, cigarette shop down the street here, which you know does a lot of great business in that in that realm, but they've got the little, uh, you know, tiny Meerschaum pipes that are, um, you know, I, I, I guess it's Meerschaum and they say it's Meerschaum, but we, we don't sell them here because it, you know, yeah, they you, say it's Meerschaum. I mean, it looks like a clay pipe, smokes like a clay pipe, but they say it's Meerschaum. They say so. it's Meerschaum, you know, and it <laughs> sure looks cute next to those action figures and all that other stuff. Oh, but, man. but you know, I mean, that, that's the thing. Like if you want to buy a legitimate, you know, block Meerschaum pipe that, uh, is going to, you know, last few years and, and be something really uh, that you'll be proud of, you know, you're going to spend at least $150 and go up from there. If it's anything intricate, uh, you'll you'll go well over that. So, yeah. um, it, you know, I, I think the thing to keep in mind is, you know, be prepared for the unexpected um, and uh, and just budget up. The one thing you can keep in mind as well, though, is, you know, 
if you've got some pipes that maybe you don't smoke a lot or are not, you know, particularly fond of, or maybe they've, you know, kind of had their season, but you kind of left them by the wayside, like, man, bring those pipes with you because you can sell those. Like you can sell those at a pipe show. Huh. You'll, you'll find ways and people to meet that, you know, you might want to unload some pipes and, and, and maybe make some cash or maybe build up some credit and trade it for something else. So, uh, you know, it's a real, you know, easy way to kind of, you know, bring some, uh, some money that you already got sitting on the shelf. Man, I, I might, I hate to part with any of my pipes because that's you know, the thing. All your pipes kind of have a story really and a certain, a certain place and a certain function that they fulfill and all that stuff. Yeah. I've got, I've got so many pipes. No, you, I could, I could probably bring a few. And, you, you don't and, care. They're not your children. And part with a few. Well, so a few of them are. Yeah. A few <laughs> right, of them are, right. but uh, yeah, certainly not all of them. All right. Well, that <laughs> was a good question. What an excellent non-answer. I appreciate that. Yeah. So basically whatever I was planning You're on welcome. bringing, just double it and triple it. And there you go. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That'll work. And bring some stuff that you wouldn't mind trading, maybe. I love it. Hey, guys, send in some pipe questions to us. CSR at Pottery.com. Quick fire with the squire. Quick fire questions. Bring the heat, baby. Got one in, some in from uh, Nelson Griffin. Okay. All right. Red eye gravy or chocolate gravy? What? What is this you speak of? So this is interesting. I did a Google search for this. Yeah, I didn't even know what that is. So, I mean, it's it's different styles of gravy. I, as, as best I can basically define it is red-eye gravy is going to be thinner, whereas chocolate's going to be darker, almost like a roux-style gravy. But we're not talking like made of chocolate. No, 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 no. I don't know. No, no. Just chocolate in terms of, uh, of okay. you know, style. Okay. Uh, like just That's just the name of it, maybe? I, I suppose. I, you know, the funny thing is we live in the South. We should know these. Things. We should know these things. Yeah. I'm not a big gravy now, guy. I, when you say red eye gravy, initially I thought maybe like tomato gravy. Yeah, that's I, what I thought as well. But, but and I love tomato gravy, but I guess this is something different. Dude, have you ever um, had? And I'll go ahead and give him some free pub. But have you ever had uh, Broad Street? Broad Street tomato tomato gravy biscuit. It will make you slap your mama. Oh my god, it's fine. Egg over medium. <laughs> People from other parts of the country are like. This is disgusting. I'm what surprised you even had it, considering you have to wake up early. You have to wake up before 11 Yeah, no, you that. do have to. <laughs> there are only certain times of the day that they serve that. I had my uh, breakfast. I had my birthday breakfast there two years ago, and you you like round up there. You're wearing those glasses like you were hungover. Like, I'm going to be late to my own funeral. <laughs> Give me a break. Uh, no, I, I love tomato gravy. I, I like thick brown gravy, though. So I guess if I had to go with the two, I'd go with the chocolate. Yeah, I guess, yeah. If I that's like, what that means. That's good. That's Well, <laughs> I was going to go with the chocolate <laughs> just because of the roux, but if, if red eye is more tomato gravy, then that, there you go. Yeah. Butchered that one. Uh, Cardinals or Braves? Uh, Cardinals. Cardinals. Yeah. I, that's a rare uh, a rare pick, I think, in our part of the country. Not necessarily. Don't forget, in Jackson, Mississippi, we have here the uh, the Redbirds, the Jackson Redbirds. That which would are actually, be Memphis, actually. No, no, Memphis has the Embraves. No, is it that other way around? You definitely have it backwards. Is that backwards? Yeah, M- M- Memphis is the the Redbirds, which is the minor that. league for the Cardinals, and in Trustmark Park here are the yeah. Embraves. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're that, right. That, that that's correct. So baseball is a thing. For ba- uh. Yeah, it, and th- and this is a this is a sport bow where they have bases and a pitcher, and 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 you swing this wooden uh, stick object at a at a at a ball made of thread. Ooh, cricket is it? Yes, I've heard of this. <laughs> Uh, you know, that's really sad because I, I like we lived yeah. literally two blocks, not from even two, like a block and a half away from the uh, the Redbird uh, Redbirds up in, uh, in Memphis. I think it's like AutoZone Park or something. AutoZone Park. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah. but you're right. I got I got them mixed up, <laughs> but I got but I stand by it. You, you know, the best thing about uh, and we do, of course, have the minor league for the Braves here in Jackson, uh, even though, you know, I would probably pick the Cardinals. But uh, the, the best thing about having a minor league team in your city is uh is Thirsty Thursdays. Oh. 
because it's just like is it really like free beer, really cheap cold beer. All right, and, and and you get to see these guys out there just swinging for the fence. You know, I like to heckle them. I don't even care. I just <laughs> you know because they got a bat, they've got projectiles they could throw at me. But if they do, then all of a sudden I own my own baseball team. You do. <laughs> It's a little Russian roulette. But, What's uh, that? <laughs> no, man. I uh, we actually so we we used to actually go and see the uh, uh, the Redbirds uh, quite a bit because you could actually spend like five bucks and sit on the grass. Yeah, which was not a bad s- setup there. Um, I you know I don't know. I'm not uh, not a big baseball guy. Yeah, if you couldn't tell. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> there's I'll, too I'll many first downs there. in baseball for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. They get a touchdown. Yeah, uh, during the halftime. Especially show. Yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. <laughs> uh, Okay, I can't even say this one, but I'm about to say this one. Okay, do it. Pecan or the other one? Uh, pecan. It's pecan. It's pecan. Yeah, yeah. A, a, a pecan is something that you is it is a is a soup can that you urinate in. Yeah, that that yeah, it is. Or that's something you you know tell a in you know someone you're trying to potty train. Yeah, like yeah, you pee, you can, you you can, but but it's a pecan. It's pecan, not pecan. Pecan pie. Pecan pie. Yeah, anything else is just wrong. Uh, barbecue, vinegar-based, or molasses sauce-based? Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, I, you know, I mm. I don't know. I, I'm not as big of a barbecue buff as maybe I should be, but uh, although I love to eat it, but uh, I'd probably have to go with the with the molasses-based. It depends on what you're cooking. Yeah. Like, it really depends on what you're cooking. I'm, I'm, I would say nine times out of ten, I'd probably go vinegar. That's yeah. not to bash molasses. I mean, if you're making, yeah. like, some like some good solid ribs. And yeah. I mean, I'm talking about slow roasting those ribs. You probably do want a molasses in that situation. But nine times out of 10, I'd probably go for the vinegar base. If I'm not mistaken, vinegar is real popular with kind of the uh, East, the Carolinas, the, the style of barbecue I think mm-hmm. they do over there. Uh, and I think in this part of the world, we tend to have thicker barbecue sauce. But I, I could be I could be wrong about that. Barbecue sauce. All right. And then uh, speaking of Carolinas, man, last one, North or South Carolina. Oh, well, this this is no good at all because you immediately offend like, you know, an entire state. No, but I mean, at the same time, it's a no brainer. Uh, it's North Carolina. Is it? It's North Carolina. Is it South Carolina? No, no, no it's North Carolina. I think it might be South no, Carolina. No, it's, it's North Carolina, man. North Carolina is but a why? beautiful, beautiful state. Well, but so is South, it's, South Carolina is the Palmetto state. I wouldn't know. I've never been there. But North Carolina <laughs> is gorgeous. <laughs> I, I'm just saying South Carolina has Charleston. North Carolina, North Carolina grows more tobacco. I have been to South Carolina. I have been to Charleston. Charleston's a nice town. Yeah. I'm still going to go to North Carolina. North Carolina, I kind of visualize like these foresty mountain trails and everything. Okay. Okay. Let's just, let's just, uh, Split even, Look, and, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, uh, our friends from either state won't be too. Hey, cool. North Carolina, go on and raise <laughs> up. Take your shirt off. Twist it around your head like a helicopter. Like a helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great quick fire questions, Nelson. Yeah, Thanks those for are fun. Those in. If you've got quick fire questions, go ahead and shoot them to us. CSR at potestery.com. Your thoughts, your, your comments. comments, listener feedback. Now we got some great listener feedback to dive into, but uh, you know we got to mention our good friends over at Peter Stokeby Luxury Bullseye Flake. That's right, man. Golly, we've been talking a lot about uh, Luxury Bullseye Flake here at the shop, and it's one of those tobaccos that uh, is just a unique smoking experience because not only uh, does it taste delicious and unique, but even the process of you know kind of uh, getting it ready for the bowl is it's just a real ritual. So uh, it's one of those classic uh, Bullseye Flakes, uh, one of the pressed tobaccos that we all know and love, and. Uh, and, and if you haven't had it or, uh, you know, don't have it in your collection, 
uh, in your cellar, you know, it's definitely a worthy addition uh, and something that you need to add. Yeah, you know, it's great. We've been saying uh, take some pictures and share them out just because it does have that cool uh, bullseye shape to it. Yeah. Good best practices. I mean, bullseye flake is one that's best enjoyed on its own. You can select about two to three slices. You want to, of course, gently rub them on your hand before filling up your pipe. And uh, yeah, if you've uh, if you've had it, if you enjoy it, let us know what you think. We, you know, whenever, especially the tobaccos, we love getting yeah. your feedback in terms of what do you like, what do you not like. Um, I, I think that's you know, it, it's not taste. There's no accounting for taste, and yet we want to account for everyone's taste. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let us know what uh, what you're thinking. If you're enjoying it, be sure to take some pictures, tweet them into us. We'll retweet those out. It's such a special tobacco because of the Cavendish that's in the bullseye mm-hmm. of this thing. And a lot of a lot of non-aromatic smokers they hear the word Cavendish and they immediately bristle. But you've got to think about you know Cavendish is just a process that tobaccos go under. A lot of Cavendishes are flavored, and so you you know get aromatics out of that. But you know, these are, this is Cavendish that is real clean and natural and, and mixed with the Virginias and Burleys. It just really uh, comes to life uh, in the luxury bullseye flake. We got some listener feedback in from Ralph Burns, who actually commented on last week's uh, video over on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, you know, the uh, we talked about Kamoy. I named that episode Kamoy Meets World. Which is very, very good. Thank you. Thank uh, you. I, I, was, I was pleased. Look, we've, we've had, uh, you know, there's some moments, there's some episodes <laughs> that like after the fact, the names kind of hit me. Yeah. I'm like, oh, man. So good. <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll pat myself on the back. Epiphany. That, yeah. that was good. Uh, he says, uh, yes. He says, ah, yes. I do remember Kamoy pipes in my younger days, right out of high school and on to college. Uh, in early 70s, I bought two. I was attracted to the clear lucite stems that they had on some. So did GBD. That's right. GBD? Yep, GBD. GBD. Uh, they were being overshadowed by the Ben Wade style of pipes yeah. back then. Uh, so later I saw less and less of the Kamoy brand. Yeah. Uh, Kamoy, again, uh, if you didn't listen to that uh, you know, show and want to get kind of a good idea of some some pipe history and a, and a brand name that's just you know a very important brand name in the, the history of pipes, uh, be sure to check out that uh, episode, Kamoy Meets World. Uh, <laughs> but but, uh, but yeah, uh, you know, that was kind of from that era where the Ben Wade, uh, you know, Preb and Holm era, big, gnarly looking uh, Danish freehands, you <laughs> right. know, were kind of, uh, man, just so, uh, so popular then. But uh, you've always got folks that want to turn to those simple British style pipes. And um, I, I probably personally fall into that camp as well. And uh, man, Kamoys from that era are just fantastic. This one is from iTunes and uh, is from Mango Andy. He says, even the kids like it. Uh, great job on the show, guys. Your content is great. I love the different topics and appreciate each of your many segments within the show. My kids love to listen for you. Uh, my my kids love to listen for who you will include each time you talk about Heroes of the Bowl. Uh, they keep looking for mention of the creator of Hundred Acre, the Hundred Acre Wood. Interesting. Yeah, yeah we did never, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did we, did we do that? Re- recently, we did the Winnie the Pooh. Oh, we yeah, did. Yeah. So this may have come in uh, before, you know, that, before yeah. this person uh, you know, listened to it, Mango Andy listened to it. But uh, he said, I've rediscovered my love for pipe smoking. And like a lot of things in life, I can see, smell, and taste the glory of God in a well-blended tobacco smoked in my favorite pipe. Mm-hmm. Uh, love you guys that connect uh, those dots so well. On a side note, as a fellow podcaster, I care about quality and your production quality is fantastic. Thanks for a great show. Hey, good, 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 ch- good shout out, man. I'll and, tell uh, you. and and Bo, we we are very pleased with your production quality. Well, you know, I uh, do you I, need to? I, I was about to say, do you need to take your shirt off and spin it around like a, helicopter, like a helicopter? But 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 nobody wants to see that. Don't do that. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I still haven't eaten tonight. We, we have to <laughs> we have to get through the next couple hours. When I when we get that kind of feedback and people mention just the, yeah. the quality of the, uh, of the podcast, it, I can't tell you how much that means to me because you know. 
right every single week, I have the honor of standing next to and, and spending some time on mic with with one of the great tobacconists in this country. And uh, and you know somebody somebody who puts a lot of time and and quality and care into his products that at this point almost everybody if you haven't then you should but most most everybody's listening to this has been able to enjoy your craftsmanship and uh, and you know it's mm, thank you and 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 you know I I, I try to if, if I can put even a fraction of the care and consideration into the quality of this podcast that you put into your products man then I I, I take that as a win so anytime Thanks, that man. you guys mention make mention means a lot I think it stands out man we're we're really proud of our uh, of our podcast. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're proud of we're we're proud of our humility too. Yeah, we are we are so freaking humble. Our, our humility is is better than than we, other people's. We're humility. probably the most humble people I know. We we could probably put the Apostle Paul in his place. Just that that's just how that's just how humble we are. I, I'm more humble than you. You know, I I humbly uh would doubt that. Would doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, we, uh, we do enjoy doing the podcast. We actually enjoy doing it live here at CountrySquireRadio.com every single Monday night. We'd love for you guys to tune in and, and be part of the uh, the conversation. We've had so many people tweet in during this yeah, episode. Yeah, it's been a good one. Uh, sending in pictures of their pipes that they've been carving, which has been awesome. If you want to be part of the conversation, part of the live experience, you can join us. Again, it's CountrySquireRadio.com at 6.30 p.m. Central Time on Monday nights, 4.30 Pacific, 7.30 Eastern. Uh, we also want to encourage you to engage with us throughout the week. You can also follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash country square radio. You can follow us on Twitter. Personally, I'm at the real Bo York. I'm at John David Cole, or you can get us at the shop at at underscore country squire. And of course, the Twitter handle for the show is at squire radio. All that information and more can be found at country squire radio.com. Man, this was a fun episode. I had a good time. Yeah, a lot of interaction with the live audience too, which is always uh, always pretty special. But I'm so inspired by some of the work that people have been sending in. Yeah, I you know I see this stuff and and people are like, ah, you know, they're sending this stuff and they're like, well, it's my first pipe, it's so so, and I'm like, I could never do that. No, it's incredible. And, 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 but you think like, you know, I I think this is motivation for me just to appreciate that and maybe stick to the stick to the. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Fine artisan made pipes by John David Cole that you can immediately take in your backyard, burn and bury. <laughs> like I said, it's it's known about your your strengths, known about your weaknesses, which really means no. know, know your place. Yeah, just know just know your just know your place, right? <laughs> All right, man. Well, let's have a night. See you, brother. Listening to Country Squire Radio, a member of the Pottery Network. For more information on this and other shows, please visit pottery.com.